Now, we're going to try really, really hard to, uh, and I know this is difficult for us, especially uh, North Belt has a reputation of not ending at a certain time during a service, but the commitment that we've, that I've personally made to Aaron when the choir starts back up is that, um, that we would like to be finished in here like straight up three, and then he could begin choir at 3.15, and all the other choirs would start at 3.15. And so we're going to try that for a while, see how that works. And so we'll be, so right now we have like 45 minutes to take care of everything that we're going to take care of. So I want to read a passage and, uh, and just say a couple of things. Um, if this is James 1, 5, if any of you lack wisdom, and I would assume that's all of us, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Because you see, if you're claiming to have a lot of wisdom, then you're showing away, showing your pride. You're showing how much pride you're struggling with. I, if I don't need wisdom, if I'm not humble enough to ask God for wisdom, then I'm, I'm demonstrating what a prideful person I am. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So the question is, when you have a question and you have a need, and you, and you even a spiritual need, where do you go to, to get your question answered? I mean, seriously, aren't we living in a day where everybody asks the other, our friends? Don't we, you know, post things and say, what's your opinion? And so God's word is very clear. If you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. So that's the challenge for all of us that we must start that before you ask anybody, you need to ask God for wisdom that giveth to all men liberally, in other words, very generously, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. So, he gives liberally, in other words, he, he gives very freely, and he upbraideth not. You've heard me mention this before, but upbraideth not means he doesn't say, look, you got a dose of wisdom last week, and you don't need another dose so soon. So you're not going to get any more wisdom. No, I believe this verse is saying I can go to God a hundred times a day and more and ask him for wisdom. And he will never, ever turn me away. He'll never say, "Up, oh, you've got your limit now. Wait till next month. You've got your quota. And he upbraideth not. He doesn't browbeat you. He doesn't uh, go after you. And it shall be given him. That's the promise that we have that we need to think about. So, <clears throat> I want to, uh, I know we, Dick gave a very compelling testimony this morning, and I just thought it would be interesting, you might find it interesting, I know that we have found it interesting, to look back and reflect on a few times, this is not even scratching the surface, but just so you can understand that I've had to ask for wisdom but it goes back a long time ago. So I had to ask God for wisdom, and I was basically an infant pastor, okay? I was very, very, I mean, I'd been pastoring for, you know, a few years, but I was still, you know, in my early stages. 
So I had to ask God for wisdom. So we, uh, we had left Second Baptist Highlands, and, uh, and, that was, uh, and, a, and a group met. I mean, a group did meet in a home. They asked me to come, and they said, we want to start a new work. And I said, no, there are enough new works out there in, the, in our area, and I'm, I'm just committed to not being a part of, well, I, I left Second Baptist, now we're going to go start Third Baptist or something. I just, I wasn't going to commit to that. They wanted me to. They asked me to. There were about 30 or 40 people there that night in a home. And I said, I'm just, I'm not going to do that. That's a church split, and I'm just not going to be a part of that. So we went along and uh, moved to Baytown. And so the Lord just wouldn't let me rest. So we, we rented a daycare rented a daycare, and we started. And that's where we met Ken Martin and Martha Martin and that family and, and the others that came along. <clears throat> so they heard about the church that we were starting, and we were meeting in a daycare. So uh, a pastor, and I, I thought about it. I'm not going to give his name because some of you know who I would be speaking of, and I'm not, I'm not trying to say anything negative about him or about his decision. But this is what happened to us. And I had to cry out to God for wisdom, real wisdom. He found out that we were going to have start a church. And he said, well, I think our church would like to support y'all. We'd like to help y'all get off the ground. We're going to send you some money. And so he said, send me a doctrinal statement, whatever you have written up, and, uh, and then we will go from there. So I sent him what we had, and it had elder rule in it. And he, and he called me up, and he said, Rod, I would love to follow through on our commitment to support you financially, help you get off the ground. But <clears throat> you've got elder rule in there, and that's not very Southern Baptist. So if you'll change, if you'll go back to majority rule, we will support you. But if you stick with elder rule, no support. So I had to cry out to God for wisdom. Lord, I need your wisdom. What do I do? I was just, I just heard a little bit about... I'd had someone disciple me basically in, in, uh, with elders and explained all the different you know, functions of church government. And so I, I responded back and I said, no, I can't change. I believe it's becoming a conviction and not a preference. So it's something I can't change. But I, I want you to understand, it was very hard because that meant no dollars, no money. The, the view that I was holding was going to cost us not being able to see money coming in from another church. And that was difficult. So I had to pray to God for wisdom. And I stand here today telling you, I believe God answered that call. And, and, and I believe it was the right decision. The second thing I want to tell you about, I've never told this. John, you kind of keep track of my stories. I don't think I've ever told this story. Uh, I, I know I've told it individually to some, but I don't think I've actually told it from the pulpit. But we were at our second pastorate in, uh, in Peoria. And I had to really cry out to God for wisdom because there was going to be a wedding. And um, this wedding was going to take place there at the church, and I was supposed to do the wedding. Well, I got a phone call one day, and the young man called me up and said, Pastor, I need to talk to you. So he came over. Now, the background on the young man was this. He, 
I don't remember the details about his home life, why he ended up, but he didn't have a family, and this family took him in as a like a 13, 14 year old. So they they brought him into their family and kept him for several years in their home. So <clears throat> they decided that he should marry their daughter. And so I just thought it was kind of the natural. That was the way it was going to be. And he called me up. He said, can I come talk to you? And I said, sure. And we sat down in the living room in Hillsboro, Texas. And I never will forget him looking at me saying, number one, I don't love this girl. She's a good, good friend. And the family's been good to me. I don't love her. But they are forcing me to marry her because of the goodness that they've done toward me all my life, my teenage years. And so they said, in response, we want you to marry our daughter. And so he said, I, I don't love her, and I, don't, I can't marry her. And I said, whoa, I have not ever heard anything like this. And so we prayed, and he, um, he left. And I made, I told my wife, I said, well, that settles that. I, I cannot, no matter what, I can't, I'm not going to be a part of that wedding. And um, got a call from the dad of the girl. The wedding is on. Are you going to marry my daughter to this guy? And I said, no, sir, I'm not. And he said, based on what? I said, because he said he didn't love her and he was being forced to marry her. And I, and I can't be a part of anything like that. He said, you call yourself a preacher. You're no preacher. What do you think you are standing in judgment? I'm telling you, they're getting married. I said, well, they're going to get married probably, but it's not going to be with my help. So I really had to fall on my face. Linda remembers this. I had to fall on my face and cry out to God, oh, dear God, please. We need your hand, your wisdom in these situations. Folks, this has been a lifestyle. The reason I refer to this verse so often is because it is part of our life. I think Dan and Pastor Joe would testify that every elders meeting, we cry out to God for wisdom. We cry out to God, God, please, we need your wisdom. We need your help. We need your hand in our lives because we really can't make these decisions without you. So the challenge to you is this. If you lack wisdom, which we all do, please remember it's simple. It's simple. But I, I call this the simple truths of God's word that are often overlooked. The simple truths of God's word that are often overlooked. We know stuff in our head, but we just don't apply it to our lives. That's the challenge. I encourage you today to ask God. And, and I don't, th how many times a day can you ask? I don't think you can ask too many times. I don't think you can ask too many times. And I don't think you can wait till every crisis to be crying out during the crisis. You need to ask prior to the crisis. And I would challenge you not to take a step. Don't take a step forward until you've gotten an answer about what does God have to say about it. God's wisdom is so critical.
So important. I hope that you'll all apply what you've heard. Now then, we have some guest testimonies this afternoon. And uh, this is something the Lord's really laid on my heart about having folks share their personal testimony because it'll be encouraging to hear from others. It's been a while since we've actually heard personal salvation testimonies and then other, anything else that's going on in their life uh, during this time in their lives. And so it'll be a time for us to get to know each other better and spend some time. But John and Lori Hornbuckle, I've asked them to come and they're going to come. Lori's promised not to preach, but she's going to testify and uh, we're going to enjoy this wonderful special time of hearing how God is working in their lives and has worked in their lives. So y'all come. So y'all come. 